morning. Good morning. And now you can hear me a little bit better. It's a great joy and privilege to be with you this morning as we gather to celebrate God's goodness in our lives. Can a church say amen? amen. God is good. And all the time, it is his nature. And we say, wow, right? That's, uh, that's a gift we got from Kenya. It, what a gift it is indeed. Well, today's uh, message is a continuation of the series that we started a couple weeks ago, uh, asking us the question, who's your shepherd? And uh, I want to just remind you that this question, who's your shepherd, is about who, who, do you, who are you trusting to lead your life? Uh, and it's a really, it's a pivotal question that everybody should ask themselves because it has everything to do with how your life uh, works out in the end run. Uh, how, how are things going for you? What, who do you trust? Who's leading your life? Because we're all following somebody, and that somebody typically is us because we're inclined to follow our own lead, but we really need to be following somebody else's lead. And the statement of the church is, the belief of the church is, is that the person that we really need to be following is a person named Jesus Christ, because he's our shepherd, right? So over the last several weeks, we've been looking at the 23rd Psalm, and uh, the 23rd Psalm, David wrote, he gives us instruction about how to deal with stress in our lives. And the idea behind it is that uh, uh, when we're not following the right shepherd, it leads to stress and things like worry and busyness, and I talked last week about guilt and grief and grudges. Uh, those are all things that surface when we're not following the right leader. And today, I want to talk to you about guidance and about how everybody in this room, if I were to ask you, needs guidance. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, I need, I need guidance. I need some guidance in my life. And this is a, a pertinent question for all of us. It's particularly meaningful for the guys because guys are ones that typically don't like to ask for guidance because we know the directions to get to where we're going. We don't need that navigation system or anything else, right? Because we know the right direction. Um, when our boys were small, we made a, uh, a pilgrimage up to Minnesota for a family reunion. And uh, we were on our way uh, up and we were in, I think it was St. Louis, and we were trying to find a particular store. And I can't tell you why we were trying to, trying to find the particular store. I don't remember why we were trying to find that particular store. But we were looking for one particular store. And uh, we got into St. Louis. And I pulled off because I knew where this store was, even though I didn't know where the store was. I, and, you know, Chrissy looked over me and said, well, you know, which exit? I said, this is the right exit. And we got off that exit. And we're going down the frontage road. And I said, I, I just know. I feel it. It's just up here. And uh, we went down that frontage road for maybe a mile or two. And then I realized, I said, no, I think it's on the other side. So we uh, made the U-turn underneath the freeway and got down the other side. And Chrissy looks over at me. She goes, do you really know where you're going? And I looked at her and I said, uh, no. And uh, about that time, I prayed, God, please help me find this store. And I kid you not, right after that prayer, there it was. And, and I looked over at Christy and I go, see? <laughs> and I didn't have food for about the next month after that, right? Because guys don't like to ask for directions. But hey, you know, let's not just beat up on the guys. We all are in the same boat. Every one of us struggle with this idea of getting guidance because we think 
we're all that and a bag of chips. We think we know better than anybody else, and certainly we think we know better than God about what the direction of our life should be, where we should go. So this morning, we're going to explore this idea of decision-making, and I want to add uh, just a little, I want to just add a little note about this whole direction thing and, and say that it's a great thing that we have these navigation systems now, right? Can the church say amen, right? I believe the navigation systems are a gift from God to the guys, right? <laughs> so the guys can say, oh, yeah, well, I found it there. I know how to plug it in, right? But the ladies go, yeah, I know how to do that too, right? It's a gift. Well, let's think about decision making. Everybody knows that decision making can be challenging, Sometimes we make good decisions and there are good results. Other times we make bad decisions and there are bad consequences that come as a result of that. It's all stressful. And I know that some of you here today, and maybe some of you watching at home today, are stressing because you've got a major decision that you're dealing with and you're not sure what to do. Do I take that job or do I quit this job or, or do I get in or do I get out? How do I handle this relationship that is fragile right now? How do I deal with all these things? How do I get those decisions made? Now, James in the first chapter gives us great wisdom because he tells us about what it means to be mature and what, what does maturity look like? And I'm going to read to you from James 1. Six, the second part of the sixth verse through verse 8, it says, Whoever doubts is like the surf of the sea, tossed and turned by the wind. People like that should never imagine that they will receive anything from the Lord. They are double-minded, unstable in all their ways. Now think about that. Think about what it means to be double-minded, right? That's about indecision. Should I do this or should I do that? The Greek word for unstable is a, is a word that is actually a phrase, and it, and it means stagger like a drunk. And, and so really what James is saying to us is that if you don't have the right direction, you're staggering your way through life. And I'm sure that every one of us would say, yeah, I've had times in my life where I feel like I'm wrestling, not understanding which way to go. I'm staggering like a drunk. So the antidote to this, the antidote to the stress of lack of guidance has to do with what David tells us about in the 23rd Psalm, the second part of the third verse. Uh, let's read it together. Join with me if you would, please. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He guides me, it means God guides me in the paths of rightness for his name's sake, because that's what God does. That's who God is. God is glorified as we follow the right path. The antidote to the stress of decision-making has to do with letting God guide us. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He not only provides, God guides. He not only feeds, he leads. He not only protects, he also directs. God says to us, I will guide you through life, Hear this, if you'll follow my lead. Now, some of you might say, well, I've tried this. I've asked God to guide me, to direct me, but I never heard anything. I don't know what to do. You, you wonder if there really is a God, maybe. You've wondered, well, maybe God doesn't really care about me because I asked God for guidance, but I didn't get any guidance. So does God really even care about me? Let me say to you very clearly, God cares desperately about you. God cares desperately. How do I know God cares desperately about you? Because he sent his one and only son to die just for you. 
Wouldn't you say that's an, that, that is a demonstration of absolute love when someone would send their child, their one and only child, to die just for you? That is an act of an amazing and loving God. God cares about you and God wants to direct you. So I want to explore with you some of what this guidance is all about. And one of the things that I know about our society is, is that people chase a lot of things looking for guidance. Some people have a, a mystical approach, right? They, they use tea leaves or they use smoke or they use something else for getting, or maybe cards, right, to get the guidance that they want for their lives. Others might want a more logical approach. They're, they're looking for the logical way to solve this issue that's in front of them. Some take a magical kind of approach, right? They want, like maybe you have, or, and maybe I have at once upon a time, to, to find that billboard that as you're driving down the road says, Frank, do this, right? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Or a skywriter, somebody with a plane that's riding in the sky that says, Frank, do this. Wouldn't that be wonderful and glorious? Or if God would shout out a tweet just to me, right? Or if God would write on my Facebook timeline, say, Frank, you should do this, right? Wouldn't that be glorious if God would do something like that? But God doesn't do those things because God wants you to expend the effort to spend time to get close to him because in the closeness, we get the guidance and we get the direction. So how do I let God guide me? Let's explore a couple of, of issues that are basic principles about receiving guidance from God. The first one is I need to admit I need a guide. I have to admit that I need a guide. Like the example that I gave you about Chrissy and me and the travel with the kids, you know, you have to be willing to ask for direction. Sheep, by their very nature, tend to wander. That's why they need a shepherd, right? Because if sheep unkept, they'll wander off and get into all kinds of trouble because they don't have somebody keeping them safe and keeping them together. And we're like that. We tend to wander. We tend to get off the beaten path, and we need somebody to get us back on the right path. That somebody is this God that we love in the person of Jesus Christ. Listen to the way Isaiah 53, 6 says it. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. That's pretty succinct, right? Each of us, like sheep, have gone astray. This is the real problem why we don't know God's will because most of us, most of the time, don't ask God. We want to follow our own direction. We don't want God to lead us. We don't want anybody to lead us because we think we know better than anybody else. We don't want to admit we need direction. Now, one of the things that you may know about sheep is that sheep don't have good eyesight. They can't see very far. Instead of saying, he's blind as a bat, it might be better for you to say, he's blind as a sheep. Right? Because that's absolutely true. A sheep cannot see very far out in front of them. I mentioned to you in maybe the first or second week of this series an, an example that happened in the country of Turkey back in 2006 when 400 sheep fell to their death because they were following the wrong sheep and because their eyesight wasn't working very good, they couldn't really tell that they were getting themselves in danger and 400 sheep fell to their death that day. They followed the wrong leader. They weren't watching they couldn't see where they would go. And we are like sheep because we can't see the future. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or next week or next month or a year from now or 10 years from now. We just don't know. We can't look into the future. We need somebody to guide us. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a path that may seem straight to someone, but in the end it is a path to death. We've all made decisions. And sometimes those decisions are bad or wrong. We, they turn out to be wrong. 
but some of those paths even lead to death. That's why it's easy for us to get off track. We need to get back on track by simply admitting, God, I need help. Would you say that with me? God, I need help. Own it. Own it today. Don't just say it. Own it. Understand the priority that it must be in our lives for God to lead us. A next way that we receive guidance is to ask in faith for directions. Jesus said, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Jesus said, ask, seek, knock. Ask God for guidance. God wants us to learn to ask. Back in first chapter of James again, the first the couple of verses before the ones I already read to you, verses 5 through 7, it says, If you want to know what God wants you to do, ask Him, and He will gladly tell you. For He is always ready to give bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask Him. He will not resent it. But when you ask Him, be sure that you really expect Him to tell you, for a doubtful mind will be as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And every decision you make then will be uncertain as you turn first this way and then that. If you don't ask with faith, don't expect the Lord to give you any solid answer. Do you hear that? If we don't ask with faith, how can we expect God to give us any clear answer? God wants to give wisdom. God is, we might say, anxious to give wisdom, but we've got to ask God for the wisdom. Two things have to line up in order to get that, that wisdom. We've got to ask the right person. We've got to ask God, and we've got to be willing to hear the answer. We've got to come, we've got to approach God with the right attitude, the right mindset, expecting an answer. Maybe you've asked God for something and didn't expect to get it. How did that work out? God works in our life according to our faith. Sometimes we say, God, would you please guide me? We ask the question, and then we walk the other direction away from God, expecting God to honor what we're doing, even though we have, we've consulted God, but we're not willing to ask and listen anymore. God promises wisdom. And have you thought about what wisdom is? Wisdom is simply seeing the situation of your life from God's eyes. That's what wisdom is. It's looking at it from the perspective of God, trying to understand the ways of God and living into that rather than choosing our own way. We have to walk by faith. Third, for God's guidance, we have to listen for God's response. In the message, uh, one of the messages that Dan brought while I was out, uh, he, he reminded us of that wonderful example, wonderful illustration about how uh, listening to God is like listening to the right radio or right wave signal, if you will. Remember, uh, you've probably heard it before, if not from Dan, from me or other people along the way. This room is filled with all kinds of waves, right? Right now, in this very room, there's all kinds of waves that are moving around in here, moving through this building that we are oblivious to. Now, if you pull out your phone right now and dialed somebody, you would catch them. You would, they would answer your phone call, hopefully, but that's because your phone would connect with the waves that are here, and it would go through the cell towers and be con conveyed to that individual. It's a reminder to us that all these waves are here, but we have to remember that we've got to make sure that we're listening. Each device, a radio or a phone or whatever it might be, picks up waves that is designed to receive. God 
designed you to hear his voice. Did you know that about you? God wired you. God made you with the ability to hear his voice, to hear him speak into your life. And yet very often, we don't even go and ask. We don't even consult God. We got a, we got a receiver, but we don't listen to what the receiver is trying to tell us. Now, this receiver is the person of the Holy Spirit. You, if you are a follower of Jesus, you would understand that one of the things that we believe about a person of faith is that when a person accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior, they receive in that moment the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They are transformed because of that. And the Holy Spirit, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to be a guidance system for us. We like to joke about it that, that, that the Holy Spirit is the GPS of God, God's positioning system, right? The Holy Spirit wants to lead us in the right way. Now, do you realize that of all the animals that are on the planet, there's only one animal that is actually wired to receive this gift from God? There's only one animal that is wired to receive the guidance from God that we need, and that's you. You and I are the only animals that have the ability to receive this kind of direction from God. But very often, we don't hear God. And there's only two possibilities of why we don't hear God. The first one is if we don't have our receiver turned on. And turning your receiver on simply means this, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and then living into that relationship. It's not enough for us to say, I've got my fire insurance. I've accepted Jesus. Uh, I'm going to go to heaven someday. It, hear me, it's not enough to say that. You've got to wake up every day and make the decision that I'm going to follow Jesus today and, and the next day and the next day as well. And if you are here today, or maybe if you're watching at home and you have not turned your receiver on, you're the only one that can do that. Nobody else has the ability to do that for you. You have to say, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And if you've not done that before today, I want to invite you to make the most important decision you can make in your entire life to become a follower of Jesus. All you have to do is open your heart and life to him. There are people, there are bound to be people in this room who have been around the church, the church for years and maybe years and years. And the only receiver that they've turned on is this one. They didn't turn this one on to Jesus. And you can't experience the fullness of God until you finally get this receiver turned on as well. It's got to be a heart and a head decision. If, you're not, if you've not made that decision, I pray that today you would make that decision. I've said it a thousand times if I've said it once. It is the most important decision you can make in your entire life to become a follower of Jesus Christ. If you've not done it, do it today. You're never going to receive guidance from God until you finally open your heart to Jesus Christ. And, and the second reason is, is, is relatively obvious, is it not? And that is the second reason that we don't hear is because we're not listening. We're not listening. We're on maybe on the wrong channel. Maybe to use CB terms, right? God's on channel 13 and I'm over on channel 4. And God's, going, God's talking to me all the time, but I'm not receiving because I'm not tuned in. I hear people all the time saying, I'm not hearing God's voice. And the question that I pose to anybody who ever talks to me about that, who wants to visit with me about that, is to begin to explore why is it that you're not hearing God's voice and then begin to ask questions. How much time are you spending looking for God? Well, I drive down the road and I have conversation, but, but I don't really hear much. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. Not that you can't or shouldn't do that, have conversation with God all the time. 
How much time are you really spending to, to really devote yourself to listening to him? We are such capable speakers, right? We use our mouths a lot. Let the church say amen, right? We use our mouths a lot. That old adage is God gave us only one mouth but two ears, right? We should be listening more than we should be speaking. We need to tune in. Often we don't hear because we just are not listening. I know that uh, one, of the, one of the dreaded statements that I hear from Chrissy from time to time is, is she'll be talking and I'll be doing something and she'll be talking and I'll be doing something and she'll be talking and I'll be doing something. And then at the end of that talking, she says to me the dreaded words, what do you think, honey? <laughs> right? And as, as her spouse, I'm, I have to fess up at that moment and apologize to her, honey, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening and then I have to go through the personal humiliation of asking her to say it again, right? And all the time she is being graceful about it. But there's enough intonation in her voice that lets me know that I was really not right by not listening to her. We have to listen. Why would we expect God to lead us when we're not listening to God? God speaks all the time. We're just not tuned in. In Job 33, verses 12 to 14, Job has been complaining to his friends, which Job did and we do sometimes. Uh, and here's how his friend responds to Job. He says, but let me tell you, Job, you're wrong, dead wrong. God is far greater than any human. So how dare you haul him into court and then complain that he won't answer your charges? God always answers one way or another, even when people don't recognize his presence. We often don't understand because we're not tuned in. So a natural question would be to ask, say, well, okay, well, what kind of channels does God use? Well, one of the chief ways that God speaks to us is, as I've already mentioned, through the power of the Holy Spirit, teaching us, guiding us. That's one of the main roles of the Holy Spirit is to guide our lives. Another primary way that God speaks to us is by reading the Bible. You know, God is going to speak consistently with what the Bible says to us. That's why we need to be in the Word, reading the Word, digesting the Word, because it becomes a vehicle by which God breathes life into our lives. It's, if we're not opening the Bible, it's like not turning on your navigation system. It's not consulting the very thing that can give you the direction that you need if we're not listening. So we have to read the Bible. God speaks in a multitude of ways. God speaks through teachers. God speaks through parents. God speaks through someone that you respect in your life. Maybe you have a mentor or somebody that you really trust that has uh, great wisdom, and you listen to them and hear them. Maybe it's somebody in your life group that you have. Maybe it's your life group leader. Maybe it's somebody on the staff at a church. It maybe even could be a pastor in a church that would speak truth into your life that God would use to speak to you. I've said many times before, when I get in my car to come here on Sunday mornings. I sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It's my reminder to me as I'm coming here that this is about God. It's not about Frank. It's not about anybody else. It's only about God. It's about what God can do, what God will do in my life and through my life. And my prayer as I'm coming up here is, is I got to tell you, half the time when I'm driving up here, I'm scared to death. I mean, I'm scared to death because God, really, you want me to get up and stand in front of people and talk about God? And God says, yes, Frank, you're all I've got right now. <laughs> and I say, okay, God, that's good enough for me. If you can use a broken vessel like me, you can use anybody. 
but we have to listen. We have to be willing to hear what other people will speak into our lives to bring life to us. That's God's power, speaking truth into our lives. God speaks all the time. We have to be willing to listen. We've got to be attentive to God. Uh, You know, when uh, the United States was able to put people on the moon, those Apollo missions, right, those, uh, those spacecraft as they headed toward the moon, you know, it wasn't a guessing game for NASA to put that together, right? They didn't say, okay, we're going to shoot this rock up in the sky, and the guys in the rocket are going to kind of aim it at the moon, and they're going to thrust that baby full out, and they're going to go, and they're going to get to the moon, right? No, it wasn't anything as haphazard as that at all. It was based on very ornate formulas in order to get to the moon and go around the moon and land somebody on the moon. Do you know that on those Apollo missions, the, 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 the capsule, this rocket was making course corrections almost literally every second because it's going and it's got to constantly be steered back to the right place. If we're not expecting God to lead us, we're going to find ourselves way off the path. That's why I need to stay in daily contact with God. And then lastly, fourth, to find guidance, trust God when I don't understand. You know, sometimes things happen, and I just don't understand. I want to know. Think about when the children of Israel were leaving their bondage in slavery after 400 years in captivity. Think about how Moses led them to freedom after he'd gone to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And Pharaoh finally gave them of the ability to leave, and a million or more people were, were finally getting out of this bondage that they'd had for 400 years. They get to this sea, the Red Sea, and, and, and they realize that Pharaoh is, is coming. Pharaoh has changed his mind. The chariots, they can hear the thunderous roar of the chariots from behind them, and there's no way out for them. There's the sea, and there's no other path. And you know how that story ends, don't you, right? That, that God spoke to Moses and the waters parted and all those million and a half people walked across on dry, dry land. An amazing, amazing miracle. Le- years later, the Israelites would look back on that and here's what it says in Psalm 77. They says, it says, Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. There are obstacles that we all run into that we don't understand. If we are seeking God and seeking God's guidance in our lives, what we find is that God navigates our way through that if we'll trust him to walk in the way that he leads. Some some of you are facing issues right now that you feel like are a dead end. Let me implore you. Let me encourage you. Let me invite you to trust God to lead you through that. I know in my own life, I know in Chrissy's life as well, sometimes you just get to those places where you feel like there's a brick wall out there. But you know when you stand in front of a brick wall, God is bigger than brick walls. And God knows how to tear them down. And God knows how to show us the way through those things. We just got to trust him and follow his lead. Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. I love that. The path of people who are seeking God is like the first gleam of dawn. The sunrise this morning was glorious. You know, you think about the dawn and how beautiful it is. 
When dawn begins, there's some light, but there's not a whole bunch of light, but there's a little bit, and that little bit of light is enough to navigate when you're outside. And as the minutes pass, the brilliance of the light gets brighter and brighter. If we would just trust God in those dark times, God will show us the way through. So what do I do in the meantime? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. What do I do in the meantime? What do I do in the meantime? What I do in the meantime is trust. Trust God that God knows the direction I need to go and that as I follow God, God will lead me. Did you know that God has a custom-made plan for your life? A custom-made plan for your life. And you and I get to choose whether, we're not gonna, whether or not we're going to follow God's way or whether we're going to ignore God's way. I want to encourage you today to not try to be like somebody else. One of the things in our society that happens in our society is, is that very often people think, well, I, would li- I want to be like so-and-so or I want to be like so-and-so. Well, I don't know about you, but I want to be like my shepherd. I want to be like the shepherd. His name is Jesus. I want to follow him because I know that he values me. Maybe somebody in this room today is struggling because you feel like you're kind of dirt. You've been down a hard road and you're beat up. And maybe you even came to this place this morning because you thought, well, I've tried everything else. I'm going to go try this church thing that I don't really know much about, but I'm going to try it. Let me say how glad I am that you are here or glad that you're watching today. Because you need to hear that this God that we love through the person of Jesus Christ desires a relationship with you and wants to give you the guidance that your life is looking for. God has a plan. And it's up to us to follow that plan from God. God made you. God made you to be loved by him. God knows everything about you. And even though God knows everything about you, he sent his one and only son to die for you. Just for you. Think about that. Just for you. He died just for you. He said, I want to be your shepherd. Will you allow him to be your shepherd, not just right now, but more importantly, when you leave here and when you get in your car and when you drive down the road and when you go to the restaurant and when you're writing your bills and when you're dealing with life, will you let him lead you? Let's recite this passage one more time. Join with me, please. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Let the church say amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, we want to honor you. We ask for forgiveness in those times and places, God, where we have ignored you, where we have shown you that, that we think that we know better than you. Oh, God, how silly we can be. We thank you that you love us even though we are silly, even though we sometimes have done things that are terrible, God. You love us anyway. God, let all of us in this place, all of us within the sound of my voice, let us all together unite in following you. Because when we do, your glorious love is revealed not just to us, but into the lives of everybody that is around us. We want to live like that. We want to love like that because you are our shepherd. Thank you, God, 
for that love, we pray in the name of Jesus and in the power of his spirit and all God's children said, amen and amen.